When I was 13, my guidance counselor asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up, and I gladly said, I want to be a mom, specifically to a little girl. I wanted to be the most nurturing, sweet mom out there. When I was 21, I was blessed with the most beautiful daughter, red curly hair, eyes the color of the blue sky. She was everything to me. The cutest little, she'd run in her little curls, would be bouncing as she happily did everything she did with a smile on her face. I had all the joy in the world. I was a daycare provider, so I didn't have to take her to daycare. She could be with me all the time. When my daughter was 11, I let her go for the first time to Diamond Center with a friend, and I stayed at one end of the mall having coffee while she went and had fun with her friend, and she was sexually assaulted. At 13, she was at a family member's home, and she was sexually assaulted again. Right away, um, when she was 11, and the first traumatic incident happened, I did what most parents do. You get them into counseling, um, therapy. You just try to surround them with all the comfort you can to get through this trauma. So she was still actively in that when it happened again at 13. By 14, she started acting out pretty rough, um, doing all kinds of skipping school, experimenting with drugs and alcohol. I made her bedroom window out of plexiglass and nailed the window shut and slept in front of her door many nights just to save her from herself. At 16, she dropped out of school. At 19, um, she went to a doctor with a backache and was prescribed enough opiates and benzos to kill a horse. But she had found peace and joy in that like she'd never seen before. My daughter slowly spiraled down as the years went by. It got worse and worse. Just when you think something couldn't get any worse, it did. When she lost custody of my grandchildren, it was probably one of the worst days of my life. Then when she ended up living outside year-round, that was probably one of the worst days of my life. I love her. She was so smart and so beautiful. When I would pick her up to take her to get her food, I didn't do tough love. Tough love doesn't work. Tough love leads to death. I did what we call love with boundaries. So I would take her food and coats and um, just constantly offer her help. Um, so in March of 2015, after keeping a secret for a very long time from everyone, including my twin sister, I read a newspaper article about a mother who had lost her daughter to an overdose, and she wanted the news crew to post the picture of her daughter to the world to tell them we have a problem in our city and in our state. And when I read that article, it shook me to the core. I didn't know there was anybody else out there like me. So I private messaged to this mother. So had a few other people. We joined together and we started a nonprofit in order to give family support and to assist people into recovery programs because of the times that my daughter did reach out for help, I could never find her help. So we decided we're going to change the way Addiction is addressed in our community because, see, it's not just the addict's problem and downfall. It's the family's problem. It's the community problem. And our motto is we need the community to help us with this community problem. 
And the joy and the hope that we get is when we put somebody on an airplane to go to recovery. And when they come home and their family gets put back intact, um, this was my lifeline, my survival. Because there were moments when I actually prayed to God and said, my daughter has suffered enough. Please bring her peace. I give you permission to even take her, if that means peace for her. Last November, my daughter accepted recovery. We flew her down to California the day she said, I want recovery. You have to get them the day they want it. And um, she has done very well down there. And I have to say that there's a mural right now at the bus station here facing the window out that is myself and my daughter. We had done a project through UAA from Steve Gordon, the art professor to where they interviewed two people on the board of Real About Addiction that are in long-term recovery. And by the way, those are the hero of my world. People that are in long-term recovery, I've never seen such strong people. And my daughter went to this interview with me because she wanted dinner that night. And I went and picked her up. She lived in a tent by the library. It wasn't that far from where the project was held went back and they wanted a photo session. And of course, for obvious reasons, she didn't want her face in the photo. So she turned and I hugged her and our hearts were together. And you can see if you look at it, it's just a half a block from here. The expression on my face just shows every emotion of our hearts being joined. I didn't know how long it had been since that happened or if it was ever gonna happen again. So now here we go, fast forward, she's in recovery. She had a couple relapses since then. Last week during rehearsal when I was asked, where's my daughter now? I would have had to say, not well. But yesterday things changed. I, she surfaced, I picked her up and brought her home. And tonight before I left, she said, mom, you look beautiful. Thank you for telling our story because it needs to be told. This is someone's child. She said, I can't tell the story because I'm still broken. Thank you.